Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. This is the J.J. Abrams version of this podcast. We're going to do it like you and I are in the same graduating class, but we still do a pod together. And also, there's lots of lens flares and a Beastie Boys soundtrack, and we're just going to be reprising Star Trek too. Oh, I see. Yeah. I was trying to, I was like, what'd that fool do? J.J. Abrams? <laughs> <laughs> you skipped over the Star Treks. I forgot. Like, oh, I we're doing a yeah, lost show. I should have watched Lost. Class for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Chekhov well, and Kirk definitely were in the same graduating class. It makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, because of the timeline, it, it's a Kelvin timeline, and that means everyone's age changed. That's how you know he's not that green. <laughs> not that green. Uh, so, this is a mailbag. So it is a mailbag. We've got some mail. I like that. It helps. I think today is going to be one of them freeform episodes. Where we just kind of... We, everyone settle in because we're going to tell some stories. And yeah, we're going to punch in, punch out, go to work, and come back home. There's going to be a marching band in the back. Because that's the good kind of percussion. And uh, it's going to be like the radio station around here in, Na- in Nashville. 101.5? That's totally freeform. And the DJs come on and play whatever the hell they want. So depending on who you got, it could be like some weird old bluegrass, or it could be like old show tunes. Is it like a college radio station? I don't believe it or is. Or community f- radio in some way where anybody can get a show? I think it is something like that. I don't believe it is uh, college related. Because I don't think iHeartRadio owns any freeform stations. No, yeah, this is, it's... Uh, it's a wacky station. Marshawn pretty much only listens to that one. Because who knows what'll be on it. Because maybe it'll be some experimental jazz, but also maybe it'll just be an maybe hour it'll of be Tanya like, Tucker songs. Yeah, maybe it'll be like R.E.M. and you'll go, oh, okay. College rock today. I get it. But what was college rock 30 years ago? Right. Uh, so that's today. That's what we're doing today. So get your... You, you well, get right into you it. You got your bluegrass ready? All right, let's mailbag. Mailbag by Brother Date. Yeah. Uh, all the way back on September 20th, Ryan wrote, at Brother Date, Breakfast of Champions was made into a movie. It sucked. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You hated that book if that was the one you read and not Slaughterhouse-Five or oh, Death's yeah. Cradle or whatever. You know, now I don't remember which one I punched across the room, if it was Breakfast of Champions or Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah, me either. You know what? I've never read a Kurt Vonnegut book. That was enough review for me. I've read I've read one, but it wasn't one of those. It was Galapagos. I think uh, Sarah showed me one in which there was a drawing of a cat's butthole, and I was like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, it was definitely one of Sarah's books that I punched. So Maybe We have a sister. Yes. I don't know if we've ever said her name. Yes, she exists. She is our sister. <laughs> she will only rarely come up. It's not a sister date, it's a brother date. That's right. She's not involved. Yeah. Uh, on the 21st, Shannon wrote in, uh, I can't believe I have podcast homework, with a nice picture of her Kindle, on which is the uh, title image for The Indian in the Cupboard. I, I'm so glad that she's helping us out with this. Because... I can't believe you did this podcast homework. <laughs> I know. You didn't. You were under no legal obligation to do so. It's like she feels guilty that she's a new listener and she missed 100 episodes or whatever. And uh, and she she feels like she has to make amends by doing the homework. But I'm glad she's doing it because I read Indian in the Cupboard many, many, many years ago when I was a child. And I have no recollection of it. Legitimately, I think 30 years ago, I probably read that book. <laughs> That's right. And it's not far from 30 for me. So it's, um, I don't remember anything about it. Well, she started reading it on the 21st. Let's see if she got her homework in a little later in the mailbag. Uh, on the 24th, she wrote, At Brother Date, in early episodes, you talk about Fry and Lori. Mm. And how one reason you like them is you don't have to watch to enjoy the shows. That's uh, kind of true. suggests that, that this is because they started out writing for radio, and a lot of the sketches are taken directly from their radio program. That would make sense. I mean, I also think that... English language comedy tends to be a lot more word word based ver, verbal. What do I want to say? It's based on. I, I want to know what turns, you're comparing it to. Korean comedies. It's based on weird turns of phrase and unexpected, um, unexpected conclusions to stories and things like that. Whereas I feel like a lot of comedy, if you watch around the world, is a lot more slapstick and physical and visual. I've seen some uh, Indian, Iranian, Korean, Mexican, etc. Um, and you're not sure it's just because that's when you know it's a joke? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I guess I could be missing all the jokes, too. That's possible. You could be missing all the fun wordplay? <laughs> Maybe I'm just... Well, I, I also know that the Koreans, like a lot of the East Asian cultures, love the wordplay. Mm. Um, it is usually translated. And then everyone laughs, and I understand that there is a wordplay joke happening, but I don't, I don't necessarily get it. But they like their slapstick too. Um, and most, I got to say, most countries in the world seem to still be where we were. Like this kind of ended for us in the early '90s. Of just putting a man in a dress is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, stuff, stuff like that. And uh, I'm not saying it for sure stopped in the early '90s. There may have been like a. Like an episode of Friends or like a King of Queens where somebody put on a dress and that was considered pretty funny. Oh, probably. King of but, Queens. Uh, it is for sure. Like if you watch Men on a Mission, there are whole episodes where everybody's in a dress and that's kind of the joke. Yeah, the, yeah, that's the bit. They that's do their the girl dudes. personalities. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's a lot of that in Fry and Lori too. I mean, good luck not putting Stephen Fry in a dress. I don't know if it's the joke is that they're in the dress or no. that those are just the characters that they're playing. Definitely in Monty Python, the, <laughs> when they dress as a woman, it's just hateful, right? It's hate speech. <laughs> it's it's probably hate speech, the yeah. way they, the women that they choose to portray. In I don't Monty think Python. you can do that anymore. It's just a lot of this. I don't like spam! Okay, so, well, that's one of them for sure. <laughs> they all have voices kind of like that. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think you could do that anymore. No, it's fine. There's a lot of stuff you can't do no more. And you know what? There's also lots of stuff you can still do. We're okay. I tried to um, I tried to cover the mic when I did that because there's no way to do that voice quiet. But I don't think there. Happens. No, literally, it's like when you're trying to sing and it's but it's too high for your register, and the only you know the only way you can get there is if you the sing it. real loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my range is less every day, so that's more and more of the register is things I have to belt in order to hit the note. We always do this podcast in the evenings after the workday is done, and mm-hmm. so it's like. Uh, my voice always sounds like ass because I have meetings all goddamn day. Well, uh, unfortunately, entertainer is not our day job, and also fortunately, entertainer is not our day job. So yeah, that's that's true. Can you imagine if we had to put in some fucking work? Like I know watching all those Star Treks is a lot of work, but like it's actually only a day's work that we I, do every two weeks. I'd like to think that if I didn't have a regular day job, I could put in the work, but I still don't think that I could convince anyone it was worth it. <laughs> like if I did all the work, yeah. I still don't think anyone would want to listen to it. That's fine. We have talked both offline and online about my hesitance to try to push this show at all. No, well, it wouldn't be this show again. It, it, it would be a to, different, better show. We'd have to do a better show if we wanted people. To Probably with it. a theme. Yeah, that'd be a good start. Probably. Yeah. I think if we wanted to do a show that was just two white dudes talking to each other, the time to get into that podcast was about two thousand eight. Yeah. Now you got to so, got to be a true crime. We need that's basically the only thing that's good now. Are you saying we need a black brother? I mean, day? if we wanted to talk about race issues, oh, that could at good. least be something. Like that's at least something that you could say the show was about. And it's something that I'm totally comfortable making my job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just I got a lot of good and what measured opinions that the world needs to <laughs> I have hear. Have a about lot that. of good takes that everyone will be just eager to yep. hear. Definitely won't make anyone throw up in their mouth to hear. <laughs> Uh, on the 24th, she also writes, if you like Fry and Lori, you might also like Mitchell and Webb, the TV and radio, as well as John Finnemore's Souvenir Program and Cabin Pressure Radio. The radio ones are all available on Audible. Audible is the one fucking Amazon thing that I don't have. I've got it. Well, okay. I had it for a while, and then all the books that I was getting on it were just kind of piling up. All the audio books and things, and I just I can't do audiobooks. That's my problem, is I zone out, and then I miss... And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck half a chapter. Do I want to rewind, or can I just pick up what happened from context? It's weird that it's different from podcasts. Oh, like, no, I do that too for podcasts, I just don't care. Yeah. It's, um... You know, like, if I miss... If I miss the middle hour of hardcore history because I suddenly got busy reading something at work... Yeah. Mm, You'll live. Mmm... He's going to be reading quotes angrily. Yeah. The whole time. And if it's if it's something funny, like I, I realized I, I was listening to, there's an, an English podcast called Answer Me This. Hmm. And I was listening to today's episode, but then I got caught up doing something a little trickier than normal at work, and I kind of realized, oh, I missed the last half hour. Yeah. I just listened to it again. Who cares? Yeah. I've got, um, I've been working on a Napoleon audio biography for a long time now. Is it done by the guy who plays him in Bill and Ted's Excellent no, Adventure? No, I wish, because he was... He could at least read it. I know he didn't write it, but... He was outstanding. He was. Re- I'd he... also take the guy who plays Mark Twain in uh, Time's Arrow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, actually, I would like to hear him narrate some uh, some biographies and, and histories. Um, so I've been kind of working on it, playing it in the background, like when I run out of podcasts or whatever, and you are 100% correct. I remember almost none of it. 
Yeah. I, I have not absorbed much about Napoleon's life. I know that when he was in kindergarten, he was in a class with only girls, and they were not kind to him, and they often teased him. Wait, they had kindergarten in Napoleon days? Or whatever it was. It, okay. It was, he was like four, or whatever. And uh, it was him and a bunch of girls, and all the girls were really mean to him, and you know what? I guess it stuck with him. Well, he became <laughs> the whole fucking emperor. That's I mean, right. He, he kind of made something of himself. Yeah. Didn't end super well, but you know. That's no, the game. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but it always bothers me how he's fondly remembered as one of the foremost military geniuses or whatever. And uh, literally, there's a guy who beat him who never lost a battle. Uh, <laughs> well, no one cares about, <laughs> at least comparatively. I think they care about him in one specific location. <laughs> yeah, it always just kind of drives me crazy. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, military genius. And I'm like, yeah, there was another guy uh, who beat him. Uh, and that guy was undefeated. So maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe that's the guy. Uh, I have been meaning to check out Mitchell and Webb. I like one of them. I'm not sure which one. Oh, I can you can it, you read the it, shows again that she suggested? Uh, she suggests uh, Mitchell and Webb and John Finnemore's souvenir program and something called Cabin Pressure. And I was just going to point out that if those were all made up, I would not know. Yeah. I don't know what those are. I think one of those Mitchell and Webb guys uh, was is a panelist on QI, so I, I think that's true. Anyway, I have been meaning to check that out. Mr. Mitchell Webb? Yeah, it's probably Mitchell Webb. That's probably his name. Uh, on the 24th, she wrote, uh, Regarding Alexa, I know she's the same in Scotland, and it's probably the same throughout the UK. It's a very non-region-specific accent. Hmm. She doesn't know about other English-speaking countries, but here's what she sounds like in Australia. Alexa, tell me a joke. How many pieces of fairy bread do you need for a party? Hundreds and thousands. Wait a minute. Alexa, tell me a joke. Uh, hundreds and thousands are what the English and I guess the Australians call sprinkles. Sprinkles, and that's what's on Jimmy's. fairy bread. I got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> her timing is terrible, by the I way. Knew there was, I knew there was something there because I knew what fairy bread was. And the wheels were turning in my head. But I didn't want to go <laughs> on to the next joke. Every time. So uh, since I learned that that's what they were called, I love to call it that. And every time I do, Katie says, that's not a thing. <laughs> yes. Well, that's okay, because I call them Jimmy's just to make Marjan upset. So. Yeah. Jim, well, Jimmy's was the one I liked before. <laughs> so Because when, when we grew up, they were, we just called them sprinkles. Sprinkles, yeah. Which is no smarter than Jimmy's. No. Um, I guess you sprinkle them on and you don't Jimmy them on. I do. Whatever that would mean. But hundreds, of thousands, hundreds and thousands is like, well, there's a lot of them. So of, I guess I it's know. just as good as sprinkles. It's literally Probably like you ask Guan Yu how many hairs are in his beard, and he's that's just a several guess. hundreds. Yeah, several hundreds, I would guess. <laughs> uh, do you want another? Do you want another? Alexa yeah, let's do another joke. joke. Yeah. I attended a very emotional wedding recently. Even the cake was in tears. Oh, that's okay. Alexa, tell one. me a joke. I think I liked that one. Where do you find the cleanest beaches in Australia? Broom. Alexa, tell me a joke. I'll stop it in a minute, Why but I'm enjoying this. Why was the so bad at the quiz? He was always stumped. Cool, cool. All right, okay. Apparently, there's somewhere in Australia named Broom. And yep, and uh, I and get it. Uh, then there's a cricket joke there. Yeah. So, huh? Well, I I, I detected the accent. So, yeah. Good job out of uh, that. Uh, application which I won't name because I don't want it to wake up. <laughs> Ask it to tell you a joke. Alexa, tell me a joke. Oh, never. 
Never mind, I, I unplugged it from the speaker. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was tired of hearing it talk to me. Great joke, thank you. I didn't hear it. Uh, regarding brother date, colon, fuck Milpitas, uh, she would use a colon because it's introducing a quote. Ah, all right then. Uh, she also says semicolons are for separating two complete thoughts, and we can all agree brother date is never a complete thought. Bullshit. It's not our strength. No, we haven't ever done one, I don't think. <laughs> no, it's not our strength for sure. Uh, I don't think people go to podcasts for complete thoughts. Or well-reasoned arguments. No, certainly not. I don't think anyone looks for those at all. No, no. People go to podcasts because they want to hear us play in the space, right? Yeah, they want to hear you doing. suggest something or me suggest something and the other one just kind of go with it. See what happens. Extemporaneous uh, uh, exploration is what we're It's doing. like improv by completely untrained non-comedians. Or as I call it, Dos Equis. <laughs> because it's exploration and what? Extemporaneous exploration. Extemporaneous exploration, yeah. It is known as Dos Equis. I got that from Alexa. That's a good... <laughs> she's, she's writing all my material. Uh, I don't think Alexa's doing multilingual humor. No? Okay. Well... With knowledge of Maybe I beers. should ask her to tell me a joke in Spanish and see what happens. I wish you had her plugged in. I know. <laughs> another time. Uh, I don't have her even turned on on my phone. Uh, is that Siri or actually the... No, that is Siri. Shit, I don't have an Alexa. Yeah. Uh, on the uh, 25th, Shannon writes, at Brother Date, in episode 22, you indicate that your plan for your Star Trek project was to stop when you ran out of episodes of a particular show, nope. just giving you an out if you need it. Not anymore. Now we never stop. Yeah, no. Can't stop, won't stop. I think we have decided that if TOS is in the lead when it taps out first, then it's the winner. But we're still playing for second. Yeah, but that's, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's behind in score. Is it, are we just counting wins or score? That's wins. It would be okay. wins, I think. So it's still got a chance. We're doing the week by week. But, I mean, you could do score either way. It's already behind in score. It still has a two-win lead over TNG. And, yeah. frankly, TNG's got some real stinkers coming up. So yeah. it could climb back up to a four- or five-win lead, depending but, on how TOS goes. I'm, you know Shades I'm, of Grey is right around the corner, the right? The manhunt is for sure going to score 60. Yeah, I think you know it. <laughs> It's gonna it's gonna break the barrier. But then we're gonna get into uh, TNG season three, yeah. and uh, there's some good stuff in there. Not only are the episodes we remember fondly, but they got some strong takes about your own George Washington, etc. Oh yeah, like we're getting after it. There's gonna be some <laughs> there's gonna be some uh, some speeches on a, a planet where prisoners have rioted, and Picard's just gonna leave people there with the rioters. There's gonna be some uh, some wild shit about how you've made your choice and i'm sorry if that bitter taste of that is unpalatable to you it's gonna get so good yeah so and uh frankly uh i think it's an open question whether ds9 can get seven more wins before uh before tos taps out like could tos end up even in third place i'm surprised by how well ds9 is doing and i acknowledge that i am giving them more points than you yeah, but even so, yeah. like I, uh, you, yeah, well, I could bring up Landrew. Even, even uh, for me, DS Nine is well ahead of. I mean, it's it's only fifty points behind TNG, and it's eighty points ahead of Enterprise or seventy points ahead of Enterprise. So it's like, yeah, doing doing fairly well in there. If uh, but if I was if I was scoring TOS as well as you are, 
they would probably be. It is true that in terms of average score, I mean, well, just in total score, DS9 is only nine points behind TOS for you, whereas it's 90 for me. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's there's, you're right that there's a significant difference, but that's because you and I are flipped on which is better, TOS or TNG so far. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Back to the old mailbag. In the mailbag. Uh, Ryan writes on the 25th, uh, at brother date, I had logged out of Twitter and forgotten my password. <laughs> no mailbag for several days from me. I'll try to make it up, but I'm done on the ball soup topic. Your living room is ball gas by your logic. He's so mad about this He's, hot tub shit. He doesn't like your. Here's what I don't. Here's what I don't understand is why it's so important to him that I go in his fucking hot tub. Yeah, what's the? If it wasn't going to be a pervy situation, why are you so invested in it? Uh, what's the fucking upside? He wants my body hair in his filter. Well. It's going to happen. It falls out. <laughs> uh, now, is he really invested in having you in the hot tub, or does he just not appreciate you casting aspersions on, on his, on his proclivities in the tub? Uh, <laughs> the tub. I'm sure it's a little of both. <laughs> tub proclivities. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just saying. Is he mad that you keep saying that there's weird stuff going on in there? Probably, okay. but he's salty about it for sure. Yeah. On the 27th, he writes, At Brother Date, is this podcast just for you, though? I mean, you will read anything we send you. Yeah. And then immediately, aha, as you said, you'll read it all. Yeah, that doesn't, that's, but, but that's also a thing we're doing for us. That's for us. <laughs> that's... I know it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I don't mind the fact that, that everyone gets to participate, but I just like that uh, that we got some mail. It's nice. I don't get a lot of mail in real life. All my mail spam. Oh, yeah. Well, you have not. You haven't seemed super interested in being my pen pal. That's not That's true. It's because we talk to each other all the fucking That's time. That's not true. I sent you. I sent you a card, and it was it had a crazy bird on it. Did you ever get it? No. Well, that's not my fault. It was sent. <laughs> it was mailed, and it had a crazy bird on it, and the bird was saying something crazy. And <laughs> I think I asked you. Yeah, I think actually I did ask you about that like uh, three weeks after I sent it, and you told me you never got it. Now, oh, yeah, okay. that never did arrive. All right. Well. <laughs> A, I tried. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, one of my other pen pals didn't get one of my letters too recently. The mail's not doing great. I've found uh, this is a good time to talk about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I keep having situations where either something is listed as delivered but is not at my home, or listed as attempted delivered, but I work from home and I would know. If an attempt yep. was made, and uh, no attempt was made, and it's happening with, like, wild frequency now. I have found that my delivery people uh, attempt to deliver very stealthily. <laughs> like, not only do I work from home, but I look out on my driveway. You can tell. So, like, I know when someone's at my door, basically. <laughs> and I can tell, because I have a buzzer. And yeah. if you use the buzzer, I will hear it anywhere in the entire condo, and I, I could hear... I can hear the buzzer in other people's units. So I know if this thing's happening, and it's the only way to contact me. Otherwise, all you're doing is going up to the front door of the building and looking at it and going, well, no one's here. Right. And leaving, <laughs> which is nothing. But, but I will say that when I say that they attempt to deliver very stealthily, I, I know that because often I just find a package, and I'm like, I was... Yeah, was I was here. I checked the mail an hour ago, and there was no package, <laughs> yeah. and I've been sitting at my desk. How'd where you do that? How did this package materialize here? Uh, I wish that was what was happening. I I don't care if they leave it. I've told them a million times. If for whatever reason you can't reach me, which is rare, just leave it. 
I'm not afraid. No one's going to take it. Just leave it. But no, it's always attempted delivery, and I know that's false. Or, my even better, delivered, and then there's nothing. And then you go, uh, well, I don't have the package. And then, three to five days later, the package will be delivered. I have had it uh, mysteriously show up after I report it missing. Yeah. So, I don't know what they're doing. It sounds like fraud. Other than fraud, I don't know what they're doing. I think, uh, at least for for Amazon's last mile delivery stuff now, they are trying to combat that somewhat by having the delivery person take a picture of the package after they deliver it. Yeah. Because several times I have noticed someone was at the door and opened the door and the dude's like right in the middle of taking a picture with his phone. <laughs> like, why are you taking a picture of my mail? Oh, hey. you delivered it. Oh, I see. Hey, that's mine. Um, boy, having someone go back through the archive is really paying dividends. I think when Shannon gets caught up, we should enlist someone else to listen to this show. Uh, I will say that I ran out of pods the other day. And rather than go audiobook... I started at the beginning. Oh, wow. Which is how I knew that when Shannon said that we had talked about doing a... Oh, you're the sirens. Uh, talked about doing a My Brother Sam is Dead pod, that what I had actually suggested on the pod was that I play <clears throat> one of the characters, and you play another one of the characters, and we are in character the whole time, but still just doing the regular podcast. As this My must, Brother Sam This must have been from, like, episode two before we figured out what this pod was going to be like. Yes, we were still basically uh, just spitballing. Trying to come up with something. When you started at the beginning, mm. did you start with the secret episode zero that's so bad we never released it? Uh, I did not, because I went through the iTunes feed to begin again. Because that's always my plan if we have to miss a week. <laughs> just play that one. <laughs> it's just like, fuck it. Here's a shitty one. I'll just do a two-minute intro. Hey, this one sucks, we've, right? We've missed many weeks, and we've never played the Yeah, that's the thing, zero. right? I just always enjoy not having to do anything <laughs> so much right. so that I don't do it. Everyone but it's still fine. the plan. If they, if people that like this, sh- if people that listen to this show like podcasts, there are other podcasts. There's so many pod. It's so easy to find, and we often name a better podcast. Yeah. When I said answer me this, go just go listen to that. That's <laughs> much better than this show. People write in questions and they answer them. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, Shannon writes in response to some two year old conversations about stationery. Mm-hmm. How did Matt get on with the Uniball Signo? I love those. Oh, that's a great... That is a fantastic little pen. Now, did I make you get the extra thick one, the 153? Just bold as hell? Yes, I am looking at it right now. It is the Uniball Signo UM-153 with all the Japanese letters all over it. Characters, I mean. That looks so good. Uh, From Mitsubishi Pencil Co. Limited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Uh, She suggests you might want to try a Uniball Air, too. Okay. Let me put that on the list with my other pen. Two. I'm with Marjan. That purple pens are a must. What? A must for what? What are they, what are they a must for? I don't know. I'm really struggling to find a purple ink that I like. They're I all s- too light in color. I simply must use purple for this. What? What is that? Well, purple is her favorite color. Well, that's Marjan's favorite color. I'm just saying, what, what is the situation where that is? I mean, at least it was 13-year-old Shannon's favorite color. <laughs> She lives in another country. I don't see her that often. Was that the last time you guys... I know she still rocks purple a lot. Was that the last time you guys played a a round of personal identity facts followed by a round of cards? (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Because in in our 20s, in our early 20s, we mostly just got drunk. That's right. (laughs) So there was not not too much learning going on. Uh, I I am with you that I only like the black and the blue black. They're the only ones that seem like they're feasible. 
That's me. not me. That's oh, you. That's me. I'm like me. And you didn't the... know about blue black. I'm like you... me because I, like I remember the black this and the conversation. Black. I don't remember anything we've ever said on the podcast, but because you asked me a question that was interesting to me, I do remember how this <laughs> conversation went. Well, it's only you, happened a few times. You got in contact with me and said, "Hey." does anyone use any pen color other than black and blue? And I said, well, I like blue, black ink. Yeah. That's, I like that a lot. What the fuck is that? It might be my favorite. Pilot also sells that by the way. It's the exact same ink under the color Navy, Ah, which is fair, I guess. It is just a really, really dark blue. Um, Um, I have lots and lots of good ink colors. but, But why would, but when is it ever, but when does it ever come up to use a color that is not blue or black? When you're writing a letter to your pen pal, right, and well, you want to use a fancy color, as I've discussed, with like a stub nib, you know, I don't have any of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I sent that bird card. That's all I'm going to say. I can't. Uh, I cannot recommend joining the Letter Writers Alliance. Both of my <laughs> pen pals from there have um, fizzled out. <laughs> well, at least that's all. They didn't turn into weird stalkers. I think they should or... be kicked out of the fucking alliance. Frankly, why don't you work on that? Why don't you lobby a little bit? They should be an active member. Three, the point of blue books was that each student brought in a blank book and gave it to the teacher for redistribution. This prevented people from writing notes or whole essays beforehand. I had a couple of teachers do this. Any other time the blue books were required just seemed silly. I don't think any of my teachers ever went through that process. I under, I get that that's the point of it, and it makes like it makes some sense. Mm. But like, uh, all I ever remember, and I, you know what, I did math classes. We didn't really use them. All I ever remember was to get out your blue book. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how it was. We're on the honor system here. Um, I use them every once in a while, and did this come up because Marjan uses them? How did this come up? Does she still use them? I thought it came up because I cleaned out my shit, and I'm like, I still have blue books from college. Oh, maybe. Uh, Marjan uses them. So she, I remember she bought like seven. She bought like seven hundred of those fuckers on Amazon or whatever. Do you get a discount over bookstore, college bookstore prices, or are they just coming from some college bookstore? I assume they are. They're coming from the exact same place. You know, everything at a college bookstore is expensive, so. Oh, yeah. It's a goddamn crime. So I I would assume that anything you buy on Amazon would be cheaper than at a college bookstore. Marjan writes. Yes, good. At Brother Date. Stranger Than Fiction is a decent album. Here's a deep cut. And then uh, this is a Bad Religion song called The Handshake. Oh, God. Let's see how 90s it sounds. Well, it sounds like Bad Religion. (laughs) It for sure sounds like Bad Religion. I'm sorry, what? It sounds like it sounds like them. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the way of the modern world. Everyone's lying for patronage. That can't be what he said, can I don't know. I mean, I guess that that's one way to look at it. Hold on, but yeah, you can look up the lyrics. But I'm just saying, religion. Uh, if you had not told me what that was, I definitely would have guessed that it was bad religion. 
because turns out they got a sound. Every time you shake someone's hand and it feels like your best friend, right? could it be that it's only superficiality? I recognized all those words. Without regard to well-being, without an inkling of compromise, handshakes are nothing but a subtle fuck you. Whoa. Contracts determine the best friendships. Whoa! <laughs> oh, this is the way of the modern world. Everyone's vying for patronage. Uh... Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's really, uh... He's got an axe to grind. How come musically that sounded so much like, uh, Big Black Bugs, Bleed Blue Blood? Because it was the 90s. Is that, is that right? No, nah, that is the 80s for MTX, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe late 80s. Um, but that, that, that was, I was, again, I was like, I'm right there. I am right there with Bad Religion. That sounds like them to me. Which one should I play? Dictionary Girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That one, Gilman Street, whatever. whatever whichever one you want to play. Where's this fucking band? Mr. T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to find it in my music. Oh, God, if it's under T, I'm so mad. <gasps> no, why would it be under T? I don't know. No, not online music. On my fucking device. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are you we know, doing? You know, I've always thought that a handshake is just a subtle fuck you. Kindle fire that I'm using. I'm gonna write a song about it. About how uh, contracts make the real best friends or whatever he said. Contracts are, are the super friends? Yeah. Yeah. Contracts determine the best friendships. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that's a line in a song <laughs> written in the English language. <laughs> it does sound like something translated. It it does. That's a Google Translate for sure. That sounds like Macho Business Donkey Wrestler to me. Is that what you were doing? Macho Business Donkey Wrestler, I will make them pay war, war, war? Is that? As, uh, it was American Racers, I will make them sweat, war, war. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The name of the book was Jimmy James, Macho Business Donkey Wrestler. Well, it's not clear that we're ever going to get to listen to Mr. T Experience's right. Kindle Fires being real subtle. Why don't you just so, go to the YouTube and listen Marjan to an ad? also writes, at Brother Date, I propose a Purple Rain viewing party when we're back for Christmas. Now, she made Purple Rain a hashtag. Good. It's, it's, I think it's a timely one. Let's see how active that hashtag is. Pretty active. So that was based on you saying you had not yet seen it, I believe. I had not, and I still have not. Yeah. And that's what she wants to do. At Christmas time. It is probably better in a group. I don't think you want to watch it by yourself. It's one of those movies that's so bad that if you watch it by yourself, you'll just be depressed. But if you watch it with other people, you can probably have some fun. How about at Gilman Street? Okay, go for it. Click, 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 click. <laughs> I'm weirdly less impressed with this than I've ever been. Since he can't hit any note, he needs to not hold the note. They let this guy make 
like 12 records. I just don't, he doesn't hit any of the notes. He can't hold the note. That's no. just, that's punishing us. No, no, he's got to, he's got to get in and get out. Yeah, on you got to clip that shit. You got to get you, in yeah. and out and be done. Because yeah. he's like, ah, you're like, oh boy, you hit like nine notes in there. That wasn't good. Yeah, when, <laughs> when he says, no violence, drugs, or alcohol. I can't, I can't even do it. I can't do it intentionally. It's hard, it's hard to sing that bad on purpose. It's like whenever I try to do uh, Sad Sad Shadow, I can't quite do it bad enough. That's that shadow's very difficult. What's that from? Alcatraz? <laughs> yes. Or like uh, when you tried to do um, uh, Ruby oh, Tuesday. No. When you tried to do Ruby Tuesday and you can't do it bad enough. Jesus. It must. Uh, is that from his solo? Is that, that might that be shadow his solo? His Whoa. solo works. <sighs> Woof. Yeah. That's not worth looking up. Shadow. <laughs> can't do it bad enough. No. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I had a remark about Prince. Um, oh, yeah. So we talked uh, in one of the early episodes that I was listening to about how closely um, Prince had been guarding his fucking copyrights and shit. His intellectual yeah. property. And how he couldn't you, stream nothing. or yeah, couldn't stream exactly. it, couldn't get it on the YouTube, and he certainly was not selling his shit for marketing purposes, for advertisements. Well, in the last couple of weeks... Now that he's real good and dead, uh, his started, executors are cashing in. They are selling that shit off. I heard uh, we watched a Capital One commercial the other day that had "Let's Go Crazy" in it, and I was like, "Oh my god, Prince was it, would be so pissed to know that Capital One was making money off him." Was Alec Baldwin at least dancing around? <laughs> no, I, there was no recognizable Hollywood talent that I could see. It was pretty bad. And I just thought, oh, man, we literally talked not that long ago. Well, I guess a couple of years ago. We talked it's on this pod show about how uh, he would not let you watch any of his shit. You had to pay the money. But now they're just like, so they're selling that shit off. We must have had that conversation after his death. So yeah, early, has he really been gone? I guess he died in April 2016? 20, early, early 2016? Jesus. May? I don't remember what time of year it was I was in New Orleans. He died the weekend I was in New Orleans. It was sometime in the spring of 2016. Uh, and I, we went to Jazz Fest and everyone was doing all their Prince covers and everything because he had died the day before. Um, Is there Are there good Prince covers? I mean, everybody likes um, When You Were Mine by Cyndi Lauper. And nothing compares guess, to you. Nothing he compares wrote. to you was, did, did pretty well. Uh, Marjan's favorite version is the Chris Cornell version. That will not surprise you. If nothing compares to you? Yes. I don't know if Katie's heard that, but I bet it'd be her. She really loves that fucking one Audio Slave song. By the way, that's like a double R.I.P. Yeah, they're both dead. That's, that's a Chris Cornell Prince R.I.P. joint. <laughs> if Sinead O'Connor died, too, instead of just... I think she's in hiding. I don't know. I think she is. I think that's haven't right. heard her name in a long time. Unless, uh, I don't know. Maybe we got her mixed up with... Um, That'd be the uh, trifecta. With uh, the chick from the Cranberries. She died. No, I'm yeah, bummed about that. Me too. That's, you know what? That's a that's one of our '90s jams. Just gum. It's, it's two of them. It is two of them. It's two a of them. Of, a lot of the '90s jams are gone now. I mean, no, Zombie is extremely easy to play, so it's not hard to get that one back. Everyone has already heard my opinion on this pod about how the real cranberries were the pre-zombie cranberries. That's all yeah. I'll say about it. Um, let's see. We're gonna do Shannon's book report. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, 
but first. Yeah, do it. See how much of this I can take. See how many notes we can hear before we have to stop. It's not even good acoustic guitar playing. (laughs) He's fucking trying. I know. may do a better job of hitting that note than Mick Jagger did in Ruby Tuesday. It's, it's still Paul. I mean, I just heard that and I, it, I was not as affected as when I hear Ruby Tuesday. Well, okay, but there's every reason to believe that he helped himself to more than one take. Oh, no, for sure. Which we know for sure Mick Jagger did not. It's true that what we're hearing in Sad Sad Shadow is the perfectionist take on that song. What's one where he stays in his range and it mostly works out? For MTX? Uh, yeah, you. Uh, she's coming over tonight. Yeah, something like that, where he's just kind of yell singing. He's kind of yeah. I just don't, I don't want to bag on him the whole time. Here, this one's a little better. Oh, is he a podcast listener? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this album's also much better engineered. Yeah, this is I think my favorite record. Yeah, he's not trying. Mm, it's still not great. wonderful but he's also not trying as hard that feels so there's better. not you're right that it's not rangy he um miracle he's a little higher than my range too miracles and lucky charms yeah there's like that's maybe a third yeah in, that's in difference there where he needs to stay yeah he needs to just stay real tight he needs to tighten on that note on that range and just stay there um wouldn't it be great if he was a, a pod listener um, it Should would, we tag you know, him? He's been, a, he's been a Jordan Jesse Go guest twice. Oh. So he at least knows what podcasts are. We should, we should, uh, it, I should add him. He was pitching his books, King King Nothing. And Why does he have books? He has a series of young adult books. No! Yeah. Young adult books? Yeah. Well, that's the only kind of books people buy, so. Oh, okay, then it was smart, I guess. I mean, it's that's probably smart. just a cash grab, but, uh, hold on. Is it called King Nothing? No, that's uh, that's Metallica. Oh yeah, sure is. Uh, well, I'll just let's just look up Doctor Frank. Where's your crown, King Nothing? Uh, it's King Dork. Oh, that's that's that is different. Yeah, King King Dork is uh, his novels are set in the San Francisco Bay Area. Where's your crown? And about a kid in you know Metallica, I guess, from the Bay Area, right? Uh, shit, maybe. So there you go. That all connects. I'm from the Bay Area, so just put me in the same conversation with Metallica oh, and Mr. T experience from now on. 
Gary Sanchez Productions optioned the rights to his first book. Ooh, but that's Will uh, Ferrell's that company, in, right? That was in 2006, so it seems like probably not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was it about a giant shark? Because then maybe. No, nah, it's about it's about it's probably an author insertion fantasy. Oh, okay. About yeah. inserting yourself into an author. That's correct. It's a Mr. Fairy novel? (laughs) Yes, it's kind of a Mr. Fairy novel. Or also, uh, I was going to say it's kind of a fantastic voyage. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good one, too. (laughs) We were thinking of insert in different ways, I think. I meant the Coolio song. Oh, good. That's a good one. Um, All right. Uh, on the second, Shannon wrote, at Brother Date Book Report time. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, here we go. But first, turns out it was written by a Brit and set in England. What? It hasn't aged well. There's racism, misogyny, historical so inaccuracies. So they had, like, cowboys and Indians there, huh? And terrible parenting. Like, the nine-year-old regularly has fires in his bedroom and the parents are like, shrug. All right, but to be fair, we regularly had fire in the bedroom. Well, yeah, that's true. And there was that great time we lit that penny on fire. <laughs> Which we talked about many times. <laughs> still one of my favorite things that's ever happened. It's a Hall of Fame moment. Uh, for the it, it's the most Simpsons-like thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that includes times where we have heard Father shooting the whipped cream into his mouth. In <laughs> Those are pretty room. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> it makes such a distinctive sound. Yep, you can't hide that one. No. <laughs> There's no way to sneak a mouthful of ready whip. No. Uh, for Omri's ninth birthday, I hope that's how it's pronounced, he gets a plastic Iroquois man, mm. a used bathroom cupboard, and an old key. Okay. He puts the toy in the cupboard, locks it, and it becomes real. Instead of returning Little Bull to his own life, Omri keeps him as a secret pet. Oh. Omri supplies a horse, food, etc., and promises a wife if Little Bull behaves. Jeez. Friend Patrick learns about the magic and turns his cowboy, Boone, real. I just, I didn't realize that they had the Cowboys and Indians thing going on, too. Yeah, I'm sure they got Western movies and dumb shit, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess I I knew they had access to them. I just didn't know that was their jam. Yeah. The toys tolerate each other for a bit, but Little Bull gets fed up with Boone's racism, shoots him with an arrow, and almost kills him. That's good. After a side adventure with a lost key and rat... The boys bring a World War One medic toy to life to treat Boone. This is like Field of Dreams. They realize they can't keep the man and Little Bull's wife, not for ethical reasons, but because they don't want to get in trouble, and it's hard work <laughs> taking care of them. Oh, well, that's a lesson of a sort. Um, one thing she doesn't discuss is who gave him these presents. Yeah, because listen. if you give someone one toy that you can play with, a yeah, cupboard a that locks and the <laughs> yeah. key to that cupboard. There's only one thing you can do with it, and that's put the toy in the cupboard and lock the key. <laughs> that's true. It is like the worst gift giving ever. I found this cupboard for you, and look, it has a key. Anyway, here's some suspicious gifts. It's not magic. <laughs> yeah, that is. Don't look into it, but none of this is magic. Did uh, did Hagrid give him give him the toys? <laughs> yes, How I think Hagrid work? must have given him these these things. <laughs> I just assume Hagrids are just walking around England, right? Oh, that's full of Hagrid. Just a yeah. bunch of Hagrids. A bunch of crackers. I don't, I don't remember from the story where Hagrid is from. Like, the forest. He's or a half giant or whatever, but, like, did he grow up in 
in Scotland where Hogwarts is or like another part of England. Probably Sherwood Forest. Does he I sound guess. that way because he's a half giant? <laughs> None of it's clear. No. I no, did you say them. Sherwood Forest? It's probably Sherwood Forest is what I imagine. It's the only name of the only place in England that you know, right? Well, it's a place of wonder. That's where Robin Hood hung out. Yes. So you know, I know, I know, because I recruited him to do raids on castles in Defender of the Crown. So I know where he's from. I don't have one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. That's how you win a raid without suffering damage. That is the exact trick to that raid, isn't it? Yep, you just, as soon as the raid starts, you rush as fast as you can to the front of the screen so you have more room to play with behind you. And then you just, you just slowly fall back and stab the shit out of one of them dumbass guards. (laughs) It wasn't a great game. Program. Well, it wasn't programmed in a smart way. No, and um, the game was very hard. Otherwise, it was impossible. Other than the raids, it was impossible. But, um, you know. But that's where Robin Hood was, and the, the, yeah, the soundtrack was fucking banging. How did they get so many great composers who had no real jobs and just had to do video game music? How does Japan do that? Uh, it's a good question. That's definitely a Western game, but it is a good question. Oh, wait, okay. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like assumed, an old PC game that got I assumed ported. every game that we played was Japanese. Yeah, it seemed that way, but I don't think that was one of those. Okay, well, good. Good on us, then. We found one. Yeah, is that the title? No. Well, no. I knew what the title is. That's got to be the, the ending. No, that one's even uh, more different. I guess I didn't grab that one. Here, let's do jousting. Ah, goddammit, it! Here it is. <laughs> it's the beginning of the tournament. <sighs> Just listen to the fucking harmonies in a second. Here. That's so good. So many games from that era were just better to listen to than to play. Yeah. Uh, so a podcast I can't recommend, though, is the Legacy Music Hour. It's not good as a podcast at all. No. They they uncover lots of good good tracks in there, but they just... It's just... They're just incapable of saying anything interesting about them. That's right. Which and again, makes for a rough hour. Again, when I found out that they were both trying to work as comedians... I mean, one of them is a comedian who actually works in Los Angeles, and the other one is a barber, but maybe he had comedy aspirations at some point. Well, whatever it was, I found out and it blew my mind, because that podcast was so dull. And again, sorry for this dull podcast, everybody, but that one was so dull. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) That's the end of the mailbag this week. Oh, look at that. Got through it. That's pretty good stuff. Um, well, like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna go pretty freeform. We don't have any music projects going right now, uh, uh, which is fine, because it's good to have a break every once in a while. Uh, yesterday I set aside all my time, we, we could have potted, but I set aside all my time to watch the stupid A's wildcard game. Yeah. The stupid Major League Baseball introduced this dumb one-game wildcard a few years back. It's such a fuck you. For a sport where you play six times a week for six months, to end up with a one-game wild card, it's nothing. It's, I mean, it's it really not, is. It, I know it, they're saying, oh, look, it encourages you to really go after winning that division, but, like, 
But you're trying to do that anyway. You're trying to win the division anyway. You're not like it's not you hockey. don't slide into second place and go, "All right, good to go." Um, but anyway, we lost. Uh, the A's lost to the Yankees. Yeah. I knew they were going to lose. They were doing a thing in the game which some people call bullpenning. Some people call using an opener as opposed to a starter. Right. Where they just use a, a relief pitcher who usually pitches like an inning to start the game. But like, okay, so this was a new thing that was going on this year. The Tampa Bay Rays were really at the forefront of it. They liked it as a strategy. The Rays said, wouldn't it be neat if you could use a relief pitcher in the first inning to fuck up somebody's lineup strategy? To be like, guess what? Your lineup is righty heavy or lefty heavy. We're going to pitch a lefty to start the game. And then at some point we'll switch to a righty or whatever. There's, there's almost nothing you can do in baseball strategically. Yeah, you've there are very few things. The shift mm-hmm. and you've got... Lefty righty splits. <laughs> lefty righty splits. Yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> Which I uh, I think is not even particularly effective. Like, no. It's, it's really playing the percentages. But Tampa liked it as a strategy. They're like, we're just trying to live out on the edge, and we're going to come up with a new innovation, and and we're going to squeeze out every little bit of efficiency that we can. The A's started using this system as the season wound down uh, by necessity because they had 13 injured starting pitchers. Yeah. You usually only have five in the rotation at any given time. Yeah, every that's backups and backups getting injured. Everybody that they tried to use as a starting pitcher this year spent some time on the DL. And so they went to the strategy because they had bullpen arms that were healthy and they didn't have starters that were healthy. And there was just nothing they could do. And the injuries didn't stop. They went through September. Everybody just kept getting hurt. And so we got to this one game wild card and the best strategy for the A's was to go. We're just going to do a bullpen game. We're just going to throw all the bullpen guys and then, you know, hope. So yeah, I didn't it didn't really work out. No, I, I didn't feel good about it. It went bad. They went out with a whimper. They did eventually score a couple of runs. Chris Davis hit yet another home run. Um, but uh, but yeah, they lost seven to two. They were down six nothing at one point. So that was a huge waste of time. I mean, it was exactly what you knew would happen. Yeah, I just I guess I hoped you, that even you though did we would... dedicate a whole night to disappointment. But that <laughs> is like you knew that was the deal. I had a very good feeling we were going to lose. I, I guess my expect not my expectation. What I really hoped against all hope was that we would score some runs and make it competitive. Like we'd lose eleven to nine or something. You know, like we wouldn't be able to stop them because they have a crazy lineup and we were just throwing all our bullpen guys. But maybe we'd score some runs too. But now we didn't do that, so that was a bummer. So then I turned on the Sharks game, and uh, it was the first Sharks game of the season. So there was some good symmetry there. You had the one game wild card to end the A season, but that's okay because the Shark season was starting right after that. Right. So we went down six nothing in the A's game, and I turned on the Sharks at that point. And in under a minute after that game started, the Ducks scored on the Sharks. <laughs> and I went, "Oh yeah, I remember what this is like. Sports is uh, it's just terrible. It's horrible to me." And uh, the Sharks ended up losing 5-2. to two. So yeah, I set aside all this time last night to sit down and watch some sports, and even though I didn't have a good feeling about half of it, it was still, at the end of the night, I was like, God, what a fucking waste of time that was. Should have just potted. Yeah. Uh, no, it ended up I had an emergency deployment, so I, my availability yeah. wouldn't have been good last night anyway, but uh, you, it is sad when you set aside uh, me time, and then it's very disappointing. It's just... The one game wild card 
yeah. to play 162 games and then you win 97 of them, right? Yes. Which in baseball is a huge number. Yeah, that's very good. It's a very good year. The Yankees won 100. Yeah, to win so, 100 games as the Yankees. That's right. As the Yankees and they also had to do this wild card because the Red only, Sox won a huge amount this year. And the, you're only guaranteed one game. And it's just like, more than ever, I'm convinced what Major League Baseball should do is what the English Premier League does. And the main championship should be the regular season. You play for six months, it should be worth six months. You, whoever wins the regular, there's no playoff in the EPL. If you are at the top of the standings at the end of the season, you get the trophy. You're the winner. And then they have 500 other tournaments, too. And you should still yeah. have the playoffs as a separate tournament with a separate cup. But baseball should say, hey, you played for six months every fucking day. You won 102 games or whatever. You're the fucking champion. I mean, it would change things like, you know, when you clinch the central division real early or whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't even need those anymore. You wouldn't even need divisions. It'd give you something to play for. That's true. You wouldn't. You could just you just play out the whole table. You're like, where am I against the Cubs or the Giants? You'd need unified rules, so you'd have to go to DH or whatever. But it's particularly frustrating in baseball because baseball is the sport where the worst team in the league wins a third of their games, right? Yes, uh, and that's yeah. against the against anybody. Like, if you have the worst team in the league against the best team in the league, and it's a three game series. No one cares if the worst team wins one. Yeah, absolutely. Losing a game to the, I guess this year was the Orioles, who were the right. absolute historic, almost actually, didn't they worst. Didn't they not quite win a third of their games this they, year? They, like, were, they were the very rare exception to the rule. Uh, it's another thing that's been happening in baseball more and more, where everyone's now fully embracing tanking. Oh, just right. Yes, for draft picks. Really sucking it up hard because it worked for the Astros. As if the baseball draft has ever been meaningful or <laughs> right. useful. Like you can't find Mike Piazza down in the 63rd round or wherever he was drafted. Well, it's just like you literally you never hear about someone. So, you know, that guy's a round one draft pick. Yeah. What? Who it's cares? baseball. Yeah, it does not matter at all. But it worked for the Astros, and so now everyone's doing it, right? Um, so, yeah, you had the Orioles who were near historically bad. I think only that that 62 Mets team was really worse in the modern era um but even then if you lost to them in a series if you won two out of three on, on the weekend against them like everyone's like all right that's fine you yeah that's baseball yeah so to go six months and if you're the red sox say and you won 107 games which is insane that's their franchise record and then you still got to play this stupid tournament or if you're the yankees and won 100 games and you're only guaranteed the one extra game yep and it's like it feels like you're not really getting rewarded for your regular season performance. Which is fine in, like, football, where you play once a week and you play 16 games and that's it. Yeah, or, like... If you want to play a tournament after that and that determines everything, that's fine. But to play six days a week for six months, you should get something. That's all. You know, you might play, you might play 12 games in college football and only get a one-game postseason. Right. And it's like, whatever. That's fine. It just There wasn't as much... Time expended on the field in competition. That's all I'm saying. It's not six days a week for six months? I have, I have said that a few times, yes. Yeah. Um, how is Stanford doing, by the way? Nah. Or have you switched and now you follow Vandy? No, no, no. I, I, Stanford's my team. Um, I make that, that noise because we have one of the least imaginative play callers in the sport. Stanford has really embraced, uh, for the last several years now, uh, go big with two tight ends and run into the line 5,000 times. 
And even though they know you're going to do that, don't don't change it. Just keep doing that. Um, and so they invariably will lose. They'll lose three or four games a year when they have the talent because they recruit well enough to win those games if they had some kind of imaginative play calling. Um, so they should have lost to Oregon, but Oregon fumbled the ball like one million times and Stanford won that game. And then Stanford had to go and play at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's better. So you couldn't just run to the line a hundred times and win that game. So they lost that. And, uh, you know, they'll make a bowl game of some kind, but they won't. I don't think they'll be in the Pac-12 championship game or anything like that. So, pretty standard. And they'll never fire their coach because he wins, you know, eight or nine, ten games a year, depending. So, it'll just be forever uh, underwhelming. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, you know, I you know that I follow San Jose State, and you know that that's a nightmare. So. Hey, they're getting frisky though, because uh, <laughs> they scored I, some points. Well, I they look they only lost to Oregon by thirteen, and then sure. they only lost to Hawaii in however many overtimes they played them. So, and Hawaii had had some some pretty good wins early in the season. So I don't know. I think they might be figuring it out enough to win a couple of games down the stretch. Who are they playing next week? Uh, oh, you know, I knew at one point. Let's just check. Because they may have a shot. They look like they're, their defense is not uh, anything, but it looks like they're starting to score. A shot at winning one game. Yeah. Let's see. They've oh, got, they have an uh, off week. Uh, maybe. So they are on a bye, October and then... Sixth, oh, no. no, Colorado State. They could be Colorado State. Colorado State sucks. Well, it's a home game for them, so maybe. Um, people thought Colorado State would be good this year, and they have very much not been. Oh, man. Apparently, the week after that, they're playing Army at Levi Stadium. What a disappointment that's going to be for everybody. <laughs> Why? Why are they doing that? That feels like a mistake. There's going to be 3,000 people there. I'm so... Con- that and can't they're be all right. going to be Army fans. That can't be right. Why would they be playing them there? Uh, it doesn't make a... Um, you know what? Maybe that's... Did I knock it? No, I'm on the football section. Schedule. Why would they be playing Army? No, no, that's no, what no, it no. is. Playing it's going to be on ESPN fine. and every goddamn thing. Playing Army, fine. Playing Army at Levi's. Yeah. Well, Unless oh Army also plays at a Levi's Stadium. No, no, I don't. No, you're. I mean, it is 100% that Levi's Stadium. I just cannot imagine why they would have thought they could draw more than 10 grand. It's a very. It's a rough. There must be. They're just hoping to get every veteran who was in the army to come to this game right anyway that's a total mind blow so you know how san jose state lost to davis and that's not good that ain't good well colorado state lost to illinois state which is on the same level as davis Mm. and they lost by 16 to illinois state colorado state san jose state made it roughly close with davis but still colorado state played hawaii less well than san jose state did um, I mean, right, we'll this see. is I'd say, I'd say this is a decent shot at a win because Colorado State sucks a dong. I mean, they got other than Army, they got nothing but. Well, San Diego State could be tough for them too. Yeah, so. that's gonna be. We'll see. Utah State's not bad. Yeah, Utah State's actually kind of frisky this year too. Yeah, could could be a rough rest of the season, but they're already zero and four, so whatever. Yeah, but last year, what did they win? One game, and it was against the one double A. They did win that one double A game. All right, so all they got to do is beat a one A team. Uh, maybe two would be good. 
and then uh, and then that's improvement. Two would be good, but don't get greedy. I'm just saying, two would be good because winning one double A is better than be- beating a one A team is better than beating a one double A team. But they also lost to a one double A team this year. Yeah. So that kind of makes up for that. So it would be nice to win two games just to be safe. Matt, you sent me a screenshot this week that I could not believe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I believe it only because it's happened to you so many times, but it seems like it's getting worse. We we talked before this this episode about how we should have set up um, some podcast notes in some kind of a spreadsheet so we knew what we talked about before. Because I don't remember whether we've talked about this on the air, but I wouldn't be surprised. This is a this is a real concern. Has it happened at other places you've worked, yep. or is it? No, no, it happens it, everywhere. Okay, so you and I have the same last name. Yeah. Uh. Spelled the same, pronounced the same. It's we're weird. brothers. We're, it's fact. weird being brothers like that. We're not like um, Adam Carolla's dad and his uncle who spell their last name different. I had forgotten that detail. <laughs> Which one? The other, his uncle spells it like the car? Yeah, and then he's every time he's tried to ask them why it's spelled different, neither one has an answer. They yeah. both just throw up their hands and go, I don't know. <laughs> um, I have an unusual first name. Yeah. But your first name is extremely common. It's really one of the most common. Very easy, very recognizable. Mm-hmm. Recognizable um, as a first name, for sure. A thing that has literally never happened to me, but happens to you all the time, is that someone addresses you by your last name mm-hmm. in a friendly setting as if it were your first name. Yeah. Like Hi, Nielsen. A- Hi, Nielsen. This week, you didn't even get Nielsen. No, I got a straight... Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Spelled N-I-E-L, because that's how you spell Neil. Well, that's how Neil is spelled in Nielsen. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not, like no one has ever spelled it that way here in America. There's like, N-E-I-L. There's... How do you look at that name and I, think, I, Matthew Nielsen? I bet Nielsen's his first name. That's what I'm saying. It's not like I have two first names. I have one very recognizable first name and one name that is certainly going to be my last name. And all the time in my last few positions where I've worked, uh, I've gotten so many... Hi, Nielsen. Or, hey, Nielsen. Thanks, Nielsen. Um, Hi, Neil was new. I've never gotten hi, Neil. But so here's the thing. It wasn't. Well, when I was in Little League, I got Neil. That's right. You had that one Little League coach that used to call you Neil. I couldn't tell whether... I assumed that was a nickname, but what if he had the same brain disease that your co-workers have? I have thought about that, because I also always assumed he was just doing like a weird, lazy nickname thing, and just calling me Neil. Great job out there, Neil! But yes, you're right. There must be something about my name, and by the way, this sets me off so... I don't have so big an ego that I think people should remember me or know who I am or care who I am. But they, I don't but, care. But this is the thing, like, you should be able, even if you don't remember you at all, uh-huh. you should be able to look at the name of the person you're emailing and wi- without hesitation yes. immediately know which is your first name and which is your last name. Yeah, uh, this is what drives me crazy every time, is that I then have to go r- right back through this thought exercise of how is this happening what is going on? I have to check my signature. Each time this happens, I recheck my signature as if it could possibly have changed. But of <laughs> course it has not. It still says Matthew Nielsen. I check my email address. I check everything I can. I check how I'm listed in like our systems internally because these are co-workers. Yes. A lot of the time who I have had several conversations with about various projects and I'll still get a high Nielsen or whatever. 
And so I have to go through it every time. Like, what am I missing? Something's happening. There's a disconnect. I don't know what it is. People call me Nielsen all the fucking time. And not like I'm in the army and people just call everyone by their last names. No. This is an, a business setting in, no, the, in email. The greetings always read like it's supposed to be your first name. Mm-hmm. And I can. I have a super recognizable name that is always a first name. And then I got this name that's really only a last name. No one's named Nielsen their first name. It's just, that's not how it's done. Yeah, I have the thing where if I am seeing someone that I haven't seen in a long time and I was not an important part of their life when we did know each other, mm-hmm. they don't quite remember my name. And yeah. so that's when I get called Jonah or Joshua <laughs> or Jeremiah, one time Noah. That's the good one. Uh, and I'm, I'm fairly used to that and I will just answer to sort of any of those names in that yeah. circumstance. Yeah. No one's ever called me Nielsen like it's... it was my first name. Ever. And I'm four years older than you. I've had more life experiences <laughs> where this could have happened. Yeah. I work in my job. Uh, I I work as an intermediary between my company and another big company. And they, like, I work with different people all the time. Yep. New people in this large company are shifting in and out of my workspace all the time. They don't know me. Yeah. Never. It has never happened. Everyone has looked at my name and said, well, I kind of recognize the name Nielsen. Judah's a new one on me, but that's got to be his first name. Yeah. It's never, it has never happened that someone has done that to me. I and mean, yet, with your much more common name, people cannot do the immediate mental math to figure it out. It hurts me so bad. And again, it's not ego. If, my na- if I had two first names and they were constantly using the wrong one, I would, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's because I have two first names. Right. Like, no big deal. Not even worried about it. I just can't figure it out. But <laughs> Hi Neil was like a new... I just screenshotted it. I just went, well... I know. My I got, someone's got to see this. This is blowing my mind. My phone buzzed at like 6.30 in the morning and because <laughs> of my dumb hypervigilance. I picked yeah. it up and looked at it. And I, when I saw that, I could not believe it. Like, it's so wild. Uh, I've talked to that guy, I don't know, uh, a dozen times in the last two weeks about this one project that we are working on together. Right. Hi, Neil. Hi. How's it going, buddy? That's me. I'm it's, Neil. It's a it's a prank. You have a work enemy, I, right? That's what I'm saying. This and can't... it's like, someone is like, uh, who's Matt working with these days? Yeah, let's get him in on oh, this. Oh, this new guy? Let's oh, get he's working in. with Garov now? I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> let's get him in on this one. It's going to blow this fucker's mind. It must be. I can't figure it out otherwise. I really, I've gone through it in my head so many times. You don't know how much time I spend on this. Just thinking um, about it. Going, I have a good what guess. What is happening? <laughs> I have a guess because I know how easy it is for something to get to you. Like the router doesn't work or whatever. The router doesn't work. That's the end of my week. I'm, yeah. I, like, I'm fucked That's the whole thing. Oh, well, no, it's like the thing we were talking about earlier where the, it says delivered and then it shows up five days later. I've yes. probably spent uh, an entire month of time thinking about that where was it during those five days had the guy thought he would steal it but then he changed his mind yeah what kind of fraud kicking around in the corner of his truck at least with that one i've come down on it's fraud i just can't figure out what (laughs) is the fraud and why is it happening oh like that time someone used my credit card to sign me up to the disney movie club (laughs) and but all the movies came to me and so i was like what's what are they getting out of it what's the scam i got these movies delivered that's how i knew they did a credit card fraud yes it is kind of like that kind of fraud where i end up with the package but it is well after they claim it's been delivered and i'm just sitting there going is this like they have to meet certain metrics so they have to claim the package was delivered but they didn't have time deliver it are they just too lazy like i'm 
And I spend so much time in my own head just trying to figure out why other people can't do their jobs. Um, but yeah, hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's me. I'm Neil. Just call me Neil from now on, you fucking assholes. It's like the 15 episodes of this podcast where you kept calling me Biscuit. <laughs> and I thought we were playing the Please Stop Calling Me Chief game. No. But it turned out that we were not. We were not. I just thought that was a good name for you. And again, since I started playing Animal Crossing again lately, and I see that your character is named Biscuit. Yeah. It must I have been from that era. And uh, I should I should go back to calling you that. That was a good name. But I can't do it now because we just talked about it. It wouldn't be natural. Yeah, it's got to be a surprise. Yeah. Next week. Uh, yeah, it's a Star Trek, right? Next week is a Star Trek week, so unfortunately we're about to be back on the clock. I'm good. I look forward to the challenge. Yeah, you said that last time, but <laughs> then it turned out to be basically almost the worst week in the whole project. I told so. you, and I told you I was definitely going to jump on it and watch a few of them before the weekend, and I managed to get one in, and that one was so terrible that I lost all my enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, uh, let me see. You're going to be starting with Enterprise this one, right? This uh, week? Yeah, I think so. That's never good. If you want to play along mm. and watch these Star Trek episodes with us so you know what we're talking about yeah. during the three hours that we talk about it next week, we are watching The Trouble with Tribbles. That's, I remember that one. It's got uh, Quadro Triticale. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the it's got Tribbles a... don't like Klingons. Nope, they're racist for sure. And uh, then a bunch of them fall on Kirk. The <laughs> a whole bunch of them do fall on Kirk and he looks... Bemused. Bemused by it. That's exactly correct. We're watching Manhunt. Yeah, that's the one where Troy's mom has got to get it. She is horny. Yeah. We're watching Tribunal. Mm, that, that's I know that one. That's an O'Brien episode. That's an O'Brien joint. We're watching The Shoot. I'm just going to look that up. Because I'm worried about know. it, and now I gotta know what uh, ahead of time what I'm getting into. Uh, <laughs> through the shoot comes a disheveled. Oh boy! Through the shoot comes a disheveled Harry Kim. That's not a good start. It also doesn't tell me what the shoot is. I don't want to read anymore. I'm done. I now I know it's a Harry <laughs> Kim episode. The fucking laundry shoot. Is there a big <laughs> laundry room on Voyager? I hope we get into some zany, some zany bottle episode adventures having to do with the laundry shoot. Uh, and we're watching Judgment. That's what you'll be starting with. Mm, Judgment Enterprise. Google, what is this? Oh, this looks like... Oh, he's on trial at the same place that uh, Colonel Worf is uh, a lawyer at. Ah, does he get sent to Rurapente? Are we doing another Star Trek Six? Didn't we just do this last week on Voyager? We did just do it. Maybe, maybe it was for the 35th anniversary? <laughs> That's right. A little, Just a few more years went by and they went, all right. We're doing it again. Are we doing Star Trek Six this time? Yeah. All right. So but that's what we're watching. That's what we're watching. That's how you can play along. Ben, uh, you can... Ben was late last time. Ben, get your notes in. Ben was late, but his uh, his order was very much like the order we ended up with anyway. So I uh, don't think it would have been a big a big swing. He had DS Nine at the top, also. Yep. Uh, you can tweet at us at Brother Date. As we have indicated in this, we will read it. We will read it. Hey, Shannon, if you're looking for a book report, do one of those Vonnegut's. Even if you tweet at us with a terrible bad religion song, I will probably play it. We'll play part of it. Yeah. For sure. You might have to listen to Sad, Sad Shadow again if it's really bad, though. <laughs> That's right. Depending on how kind bad of, it is, kind of it, may, it may spark something in us that will uh, go in a bad direction. 
that's it. Yeah, tweet at us, uh, brotherate.com, iTunes, uh, anything else, Biscuit? No, that's it. It's uh, Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, is he really invested in having you in the hot tub, or does he just not appreciate you casting aspersions on, on, his, on his proclivities in the tub? Uh, <laughs> the tub I'm sure it's a little of both. <laughs> the tub proclivities. <laughs>